Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the pod so far. Before we get to today's episode, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's how I started this one. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record, edit, and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Now, let's get to the show. What up, guys? Welcome to episode 7 of the Brave Birds Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and we got Will already and Rhett here, as usual. Uh, we got MLB... Hi. We got MLB, some NBA to talk about today, just because first game's coming up soon. College football, good old week of college football, and then NFL, of course. So, let's get started. All right, first up, we got MLB. Braves, of course, keeping me on the edge of my seat. What can you do? Um, But we did well. We swept the Padres, minus our uh, suspended game that we had to finish out. But guess what? Will Smith blew it. Like usual. And then he comes out and gives up a home run. Yeah, but Zach, think about all the saves that he kind of has. Yeah, he has so many saves that half of them he shouldn't even have because Austin Riley is a god in the right field or the third right field line. Left field line, I guess you would say, because third base is usually... third base line. Well, yeah, third base line. He's usually right on the line when he saves him. But, so... I have my ups and downs with Will Smith. Every time he comes out, I freak out. But granted, last night when we, uh, our last game against the Padres, he got himself in some big trouble, got three walks in a row, but he kind of recovered and got, was it two strikeouts and one, one pop fly or was it all three strikeouts? I think it was two. Well, by the time he had walked the third batter, he was, there was already an out, so Okay. He decided to get two more after that. Yeah, so he did recover with those last two strikeouts, which I was impressed. I, I, I can't tell if he just likes to put everybody on his seat or if he actually is bad. Cause... My my thought process is what I said last night, is I think Snit just really, really likes to keep everybody in their seats for the game. I think the Braves are just like, hey, put Will Smith out there. And then Snitker's like, okay, yeah, you're right. That'll make ticket prices better people spend more money on beer in the stadium because they'll stay longer because they won't know what's going to happen when will smith's on the mound (laughs) i just think will smith is the embodiment of atlanta sports that's so true i completely agree with that but not that that's what we want but it is what it is yeah all right i i have a hot take about snit before we move on i don't care how far we get in the playoffs with him I want I want to see him gone after the season. Granted, I don't think it'll happen if we get pretty far, but the way he controls our bullpen, who he sends out, and how he keeps Will Smith in, no matter how bad he does, he always puts him in. I, I just I'm not a fan of the way he's been running the bullpen and everything. Hot take. You've been saying this since the season started. True, but I I don't know if I've said it on the pod yet. Okay, that's fair. But no, I think. All of the success that Atlanta has been having is due to the general manager 
if we have this much talent and we weren't at least getting what we're currently getting, it'd be horrible. Like, we have enough talent to win it all and not struggle the entire time. True, and I can't wait for Acuna to get back. And Mike Soroka, mm-hmm. I think next year, if we keep Jock and um, Rosario, Rosario, we'll be... Uh, we better keep Duvall. I swear if we trade Duvall again... I'm I mean, a he's on a one-year contract. We would have to sign him back. We have that- to sign Freddie... Yeah, we should. I swear, if somehow we don't get Freddie. I'm gonna be pissed. Cause he he is the he's the leader of our team. But anyways, moving on. Um, Freed throws his second complete game shutout in 98 pitches. So he has two total complete games in his career. They've both been this year, and they've both been Maddox's. Like, he's on fire. Well, he had a complete game last year, but it was in a doubleheader, which was seven innings. Oh, yeah, so they don't... Uh, Not exactly the same, but technically it's his third complete game. Yeah, so I'm loving Freed. We got Phillies coming up um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Both games will be done, or the first two games will be done by the time this comes out, so we'll see how that goes. We got our best pitchers coming. We got Charlie Morton on Tuesday, Freed on Wednesday, Ian Anderson on Thursday. And their pitching matchups are pretty good. Of course, their Phillies are putting Zach Wheeler out first day against Charlie Morton. So that'll be a good one. I can't wait to see that. But, of course, by the time this comes out, it'll already be completed. Um, we have a 2.5 game lead on them going into the series. So I think if we can at least take two games on them this series, we'll be good. Because we got Mets in our last series. And I think we'll, I think we'll take it. But if we lose two games out of the three... I'm scared. And if we get swept, that's just done because they have the Marlins for their last game. So we'll see how that goes. Well, let's not speak it into existence, okay? Very true. So we'll just... Bullpen Bullpen is looking pretty good, though. Yeah, we're holding it down. Will Smith is just making everybody else sweat. Yeah. (laughs) I was sweating to begin with, but I don't know, man. I'm just saying Will Smith did pull it out. He did, but he still puts us on the edge of his seat. But, yeah, bullpen, I think they're, they're doing be- good. Like, they're having, like, basically, like, five good innings and one bad inning, which is much better than the beginning of the year where it was every other inning was a terrible inning and they let up thousands of runs. So I say that's kind of a win that they're doing so much better. And we got our little um, rotation in for our bullpen. We had a bullpen game against the Padres in one. So that was we super did nice. Well against the Padres, like that series could not have gone better for us, other than the one blow by Will Smith. But Padres are a good team, and we looked really good against them. Oh yeah, and then yeah, just battling it out against them and and getting that one extra innings, I think, is such a morale booster. Oh yeah, I was say that's a, it was a great go, get it, getting off a sweep going into game uh, this three game series against the Phillies. And we have a night off, so that'll be great. Um, I think they have a night off too. Yeah, yeah, they're off as well, so it's you know, it's going to be a fresh game. Everybody get a little break, and then we head right into it. But, Artie, you were talking about the AL wildcard early and how insane it is right now. All right, so when we look at the AL wildcard, uh, it's actually pretty insane how close and how many teams are actually still technically in the hunt. Uh, the New York Yankees at 89 and 67, they're only plus one over the Boston Red Sox, who then, and those are the two teams that are currently sitting in the AL wildcard spots. 
but then the Blue Jays are only one game behind the Red Sox. The Mariners are two games behind the Red Sox, and the Athletics are three games behind the Red Sox. And so we've got one, two, three, four, five teams all within four games of each other. So, yes, it will most likely still stay within those top three teams, but we could see anything happen within this last couple series. And especially since there's only six games left, that wild card is wide open. But yeah, pretty spe- much anyone, pretty much anyone has a shot to win it. And then speaking of oh. the wild card, freaking St. Louis Cardinals just came out of nowhere and just took took the second wild card spot in the NL. They have they're up, they're on a sixteen game win streak, and they're up five point five games on the Cincinnati Reds with six games to go. That's insane. Like they and just before this before this run, the Reds were up like four or five games on the Cardinals. Yeah. And the Padres were up uh, or like a game out from them too. So, so I think St. Louis <clears throat> has locked that in. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing, but I, so I wanted to go back to the Yankees Red Sox real quick. The Yankees had to sweep the Red Sox in Boston this past weekend to get even in the, the conversation of consideration and home uh, field advantage. <clears throat> right. They, they had, uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run in all three of those games to give them the lead. Like he is, he is single-handedly willing the Yankees to the playoffs, which is just complete insanity. I mean, three, three games back-to-back home runs against one of your biggest rivals in Boston. That's just crazy. Yeah, dude, Yankees. Uh, I hate the Yankees, but they're looking good. But what's funny is they're having an up-and-down season because after that, like, eleven-game win streak. After they beat us, they went on like an eight game loose streak after that. <laughs> like they're up and down. Like who knows what's going to happen with them in the playoffs. But I think the playoffs in general will be pretty wide open. We've got a yeah. lot of teams that are really good. A lot of teams that are getting hot now, right when they're supposed to, like the Cardinals. We've got a lot of teams that have been kind of coasting uh, since they pretty much kind of got, they pulled ahead and they just kind of been coasting for a little while. And we've got a lot of teams that are fighting for a wild card spot, and whichever of the, whichever of those teams gets in, you know they're going to be hungry coming out of the wild card. And we always see uh, some close races. Yeah, uh, when we come down mm-hmm. to the stretch. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I, I, Artie, Artie, I was thinking the same thing that that you were, which is that th- this playoff season. It, I mean, you cannot predict it. I, I'm just going to keep riding the optimism and say that I'm going to will it into existence no pun intended, that the Braves will make it to the World Series and will win this time. But besides that, as to who we're going to face, have no clue what's going to happen. This is going to be one of the, the craziest playoff series that we have seen in a long time. I mean, October is going to be a very exciting month. Yep. We'll have the Dodger, the Brewers in game in the first first round because they already clinched their um their division. Oh, wait. No. Uh, yeah, they've already clinched their division. So if we clinch our division, we got Brewers first round and they're hot right now. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I feel like whoever wins the NL, the NLCS is going to win it all. I know AL is looking pretty good, but you got the Dodgers, the Giants, Braves, Brewers, and then now St. Louis. Who are all hot yeah. as can be. A lot of teams are getting hot as 
as hot as you can going into the playoffs and even with resting some some people. Yep. All right, that does it for MLB. We got NBA. We're about to start our preseason games. So we'll see how all the rookies do. Um, we got Miami Heat on October 1st, this upcoming Monday. So we'll see how, how that all goes, how the rookies do after summer league and coming and actually playing with the team. And all the people who are back from injuries. Bogey, Bogey is still kind of injured from his um his knee. We saw we saw Cam Reddish at the end of last season come back from his injury. He was looking good, so hopefully this season he'll do good. Hunter is back. DeAndre Hunter after getting out in the first series of the playoffs and getting injured. He'll be back. He's on a day-to-day basis right now. And then Okongwu, he's sadly out, but that's all right. He was a rookie last year, so we'll see how he does this year. But, yeah, I'm excited for the Hawks this year and see how we do. On to college football. Oh, there's a lot to talk about for this this week. Got a good couple games. Very close games and some good old upsets. Get excited. Let's talk about some college football. Come on. All right. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with, with, with our team, Will. Mississippi State, they lost to LSU. It was a very close one, but I feel like we should have won because Um, so end of the second uh, second quarter, right before halftime, we had the ball with 48 seconds left, three timeouts, ball on our own 15, and we decided to move it upfield. So uh, first play was about a 25-yard run or 25-yard pass to like, around like the 35 or so and inbounds clock doesn't stop. Why is he not using his timeout to stop the clock? Like what is Leach doing? If you're going to run the clock out, just knee the ball. There's no point of moving it upfield, risking injuries and risking turnovers. Cause I guarantee you, if LSU got a ball from a turnover, they would have ran the ball right into the end zone. So why, yeah, why, what was the point of that? So I, I didn't actually get to watch many of the morning and afternoon games. Um, but, I mean, I saw the score. It was a really close one. You know, it is it is true that Louisiana teams fall apart in Starkville in the fourth quarter. Sadly, this one just wasn't enough. But, yeah, from the conversations I've had with you, Zach, it appears that a lot of our play calling, you know, some of our coaching decisions were not on point. Or maybe, we, you know, it's easy too for us as spectators to say, oh, well, here's what you should have done. Here's what, here's what you know, here's what I would have done if I was the head coach. And so I I don't think it's looking the best for Mike Leach after losing this close one at LSU. But I think that they're still trying to figure out, you know, okay, wh- how comfortable are we with our two-minute drill? How comfortable are we with passing the ball under pressure? and possibly giving up a pick. And so that's something that Rhett and I have talked about on previous episodes, which is that with the air raid, you have to be willing to take that risk. Cause you, I mean, it's with an unexperienced quarterback, you will make those interceptions. You, those picks will happen from time to time. So that was another thing I was going into. We still haven't learned how to hold on to the ball. We had a turnover in the first quarter fumble and they got the ball and scored instantly. I will say this is the first time I've seen an air raid offense have more fumbles and interceptions. Uh, yeah. I think I don't know how y'all are managing to have so many fumbles. Like it seems like seventy five percent of your turnovers are fumbles. Yeah, it it's like oh, without a doubt. I think play. Will Rogers only has I think like three interceptions this year. He's got to he's got to get that down. He is a passing quarterback. He's he's been doing the passing or the air raid offense since he was a kid. So since. 
Will Rogers had an interest in football. He started playing around seven years old, is the stat I heard on TV. And they were him, Will Rogers and his dad were always watching Mike Leach's offense and the air raid. And his dad loved it so much that when Will Rogers went into football, that's kind of what he's been running his whole life because his dad was coached him. And so that's what he put in the plays. So Will Rogers has been playing the air raid offense since he was a kid. Why can't he make any deep ball passes? He's been doing it since he was a child. Like, I feel like his passing should be on point by this time, but it just doesn't seem like he has any deep balls or anything. Do you think that some of it, though, could be due to Mississippi State's offensive line? Because I feel like Rodgers has an arm. Like, he can definitely get the ball down the field. I just don't think he's getting the time in the pocket to, you know, get a four, five, six-step drop and heave it. I just don't know if against the teams that they're playing if he's necessarily had the time to get back and get set and get a long pass. Well, he doesn't have he he's got a good arm, but he doesn't have Kyler Murray arm where he can run the opposite direction off his back foot, just flip it fifty yards. That's very true. It could be his line. Um, but when he does get the deep ball, he not eighty. Well, I wouldn't say eighty percent of the time. I don't know what the statistics would be. I would say about fifty percent of the time he overthrows them. But again, that could be timing. That could be him feeling like there's pressure in his face. True. And him just be like, oh, sh- I got to get out. I got to get the ball out now before I get sacked or whatnot. But I hopefully mean, still, he's still a sophomore. Still see that with, we still see stuff with Tom Brady. If he's under pressure, he may not get that last quarter snap off of his off the ball. And it kind of skies a little bit. He fortunately has better receivers than Will Rogers with Antonio Brown and stuff. But like, even if the GOAT can do it, if you're under pressure, a sophomore in college is definitely going to be feeling that. Yeah, so luckily, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he is a sophomore and he's got plenty of time. I mean, Dak Prescott didn't go off till his junior year. So, and I got one more take. So, Will, you know how I always ragged on Nick, Fitz- Nick Fitzgerald and hated him and hated watching him play? Yeah, I hated watching him play. I kind of miss him. Will Rogers okay, well, had Will Rogers had so many chances that he could have scrambled for a first down and stuff and... Instead, he tried to, like, throw the ball where Nick Fitzgerald would have ran and got the first down or so. So that's the yeah. only reason I wish I wish Will Rogers was more confident in running. I I So I hate that take. I won't lie to you. I, if there's one thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to lie to you. And I hate that take because Nick Fitzgerald got to play under Dan Mullen, one of the greatest quarterback coaches in the SEC. You know, Dan Mullen has had Dak Prescott and um, – Tim Tebow. F- yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Damn, but, well, <laughs> probably because he's already been forgotten in the league. But yep. he's had two great quarterbacks, and Dan Mullen was still coaching Nick, Nick Fitzgerald before he transferred to Florida. So not only did Nick Fitzgerald get to play right behind Dak Prescott, but he also had Dan Mullen as a coach. I I I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's going to take Will Rogers' time. And I'm fine with that. Like I think I've I think I've come to that realization. This might this is probably going to be a pretty sad year for Mississippi State. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'll just rejoice with everyone we get, like I used to. Yeah, very true. Especially because Dan Mullen, I think he's the best quarterback coach in the league, and Will Rogers doesn't get that. So it'll take him a little bit more time. But that's enough on Mississippi State. I got my rant out. Clemson. Oh my goodness, what is happening to them? What is happening to the ACC? Oh man, the ACC is wide open and part of my take 
from last week, which was UNC or Wake Forest winning the ACC. Part of my take does not seem out of the realm of possibility. Part of it does. But I'll tell you one thing. Not only will Clemson not be winning the ACC championship, they will not be considered as a top team anymore. It's going to take a while for them to get back to the same level they were at when they were in the Trevor Lawrence era. I'm sorry, Rhett. I know you're not going to like that take, but it's the truth. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Okay, I'm not sorry then. (laughs) But, But no, Clemson losing in double overtime to NC State was beautiful. I mean, it was amazing. I think that in in the singular, I think in the first overtime, NC State had to kick like a 40-something yard field goal just to tie it up and send it to double OT, and it was awesome. No, just, just watching that game, you know, NC State losing a close one. Well, I say a close one, but NC State losing in Starkville oh, two weeks prior. Um, wait, no, was it two weeks or one week prior? It was uh, two weeks because we lost yeah. to Memphis last week. Oh, that. Oh, my fucking God. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just awesome. Like, you couldn't have asked for, for anything better, really, than just to see another giant, another Goliath in, in like, college football finally bite the dust. It, it, it was incredible. Yep, and what was great is my cousin was at that game, so I texted her at the end. I was like, "What a game! Are you rest- are you on the field with everybody?" She was like, "No, but that was absolutely insane." Prop- props to NC State. I'm so pumped that they won because I got ties sh- to NC State. So they should have won before that. NC State missed a field goal late in the fourth quarter that would have put <laughs> yeah. them ahead. Yeah, yeah, they missed an easy field goal, but they made the one that counted, which was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, also, I was I was wrong. I'm sorry. They they didn't even they didn't. They just matched touchdowns in OT. They didn't score a field goal, so that's on me. No worries. They still won. That's, that's okay. all that matters. What about Arkansas taking over Texas A&M? I know they don't have their starting quarterback out there. He's still injured, but I still don't think they should have lost. I thought Texas A&M was supposed to be top team, but looks like Arkansas is. I think when we came into the season, I think something that we were really looking forward to was Texas A&M's defense. They were supposed to be a lot better. And I think nobody was necessarily ready for Arkansas. Um, They have a really, really potent running attack. KJ Jefferson has been distributing the ball really well. Even though he's not getting a ton of touches, he's still moving the ball really well. They have Traylon Burks, who is, in my opinion, a top-tier wide receiver. Probably top five, top ten. And... I think their entire offense is really explosive. Um, They've got a lot of speed, and that defense is on the hunt. Uh, When I was watching the latter half of the game, you you could see like there was any any out routes, any like short passes, anything to get up the field. Arkansas was all over the ball. Even if the Texas A&M receivers caught it, there was two, three, four guys right on the ball instantly. And I think, yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas's defense is definitely their strength, but their offense is definitely no slouch. Oh, no, certainly. I, I wouldn't put them in the same category as UGA, but I think that Arkansas's defense is, is definitely a force to be reckoned with. I'll just piggyback off that, Artie. I think that Texas A&M does not play well on the road at all. They scored 10 points against Colorado when they played Colorado here in Denver, and Colorado's not a, a good Pac-12 team. And then they, they scored 10 points in Fayetteville this past weekend. I think that, I think that you know the Texas A&M fans are kind of disappointed. We they expected better, better things from Jimbo Fisher, but Arkansas is a legit contender for the SEC title. 
So you just listed the two games that their quarterback has been out for. Could it just be that they're like their quarterback, they were so reliant on him that now that they're missing him, they can't score? So, yeah, I was going to say, I think that they lack in their depth. I, Because I, I, I was at the game, I don't remember when the quarterback went out against quarter. the Colorado game. First quarter. Um, I think that their depth is, is their struggle. And I'll talk about depth on another football team later. But A&M, they had a good front line, yet they're still not able to perform on the road. And so I think that's what's going to come back to bite them is that, yeah, they'll probably win the majority of their home games, but it seems as if, I don't know, that home field advantage not playing there at Kyle Field is, is really getting to them. Yeah, he fractured his leg in the first quarter. So okay. both of those yeah. games have been since he's been gone, and I think they were just so reliant on him that they're missing him for seven or eight weeks. This is going to be a rough stretch for them going into SEC play without their quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it gives me hope with Mississippi State playing them this weekend, but I don't really have much hope for anything right now as a Mississippi State fan. Now, Mississippi State against Texas A&M this week. I'm terrified for it, but I don't want to talk about it. What about Georgia Tech? Are they, like, are, are they good again? Yeah, what's going on with the ACC? Like, just to keep piggybacking off that Clemson-NC State game, the ACC seems pretty wide open, and honestly... I've just got to stop rooting for North Carolina because every time I do, they lose. If I just don't mention North Carolina, they will win the ACC championship. But that's not going to happen anymore after you lost by 20-plus points to a team that opened up their season by losing to Northern Illinois. I mean, I don't know. I just it, – it's so weird to root for a team and they instantly prove you wrong every single week. But – Georgia Tech looked really good at home in Atlanta. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were a Mississippi State fan, so you were worse to, or used to your team just getting rocked? No, no. no I, meant, I meant supporting them, and then they proved me wrong. I just usually will keep my mouth shut about Mississippi State. I mean, we did get robbed against Memphis, and you know LSU, I think I was just praying that we could pull it out, but it doesn't look like we were able to, to find that answer. Okay, fair enough. I don't care much about UNC because that's NC State's rival. And with my ties to NC State, I'll never cheer for North Carolina. So, right, Zach, but- gonna, hey, Zach, I, I will tell you this right now. I want this in writing. UNC will beat NC State. I don't know. After nope, how it's gonna happen. NC State's been playing, how NC, North Carolina's been playing, we'll see. I, I, I'm just saying, I think it's going to happen. I understand what just happened this past weekend, but I still think that it's possible for North Carolina to beat NC State. You know what? We all have our own opinions. NC State's completely overrated. I've been saying it since y'all chose him (laughs) as your way too early Heisman pick, and that's not going to change. Well, guess what, Rhett? You're an idiot because we chose UNC. Oh, Sam Howell? Yeah. Yeah, we we chose Sam Howell at UNC. We didn't choose NC State. Okay. I apologize. I've been saying UNC has been overrated the entire season. And yes, that I will agree with. I agree with that. UNC has definitely been overrated. They have not shown that they are a top top 25 team. Yeah. But then um, again, North Carolina State really hasn't either. Mississippi State beat them 21 to 3, was it? 21 to 7? And Mississippi State sucks. So well, that just shows how bad the ACC is. This Let's is, be honest teams everyone was most excited for for ACC was NC or UNC and Clemson and both of them are just horrible. Yeah. Hey, my sleeper, Wake Forest. 
my sleeper to win the ACC championship is still undefeated. True. Just want to remind everybody. Very I'm true. not yeah, entirely. No, no, no. You that. shut your mouth. I'm not entirely wrong yet. Let's move on to Oklahoma. Barely beaten West Virginia. 16 to 13. Like, what? What? what is this year of college football? Is just everybody overranked than what they were, or does the, the ranking system just suck? I think there are there's a huge gap in between the top two or three teams and everybody else. And if you're anybody else, you can go down any week. That's essentially what this year is. And honestly, Oklahoma's defense holding a team to 13 points, I don't know if that's happened in the past 10 years. So I'm kind of impressed with their defense, but it's pathetic that you have a Heisman potential winner and y'all score that little points. Yeah, and another embarrassing thing about that game is Spencer Rattler, yeah, he wasn't doing good, but his fans just destroyed him. Like, I, I like the, I don't agree with the fans doing this, but they started just uh, chanting the backup quarterback's name to get to trying to get him in and get Spencer Rattler out. You know what? That's pretty funny because I, I've seen some videos of Spencer Rattler back in his early years and then when he was in high school, and he is he is really arrogant, like really cocky. So that's just funny that his own fans turned on him, especially that quickly. I mean, you know, an impressive feat by West Virginia to keep it so close, but I don't know. I don't really feel that confident about Oklahoma's offense after I, I saw them only win 16-13 against a, a formidable West Virginia team, but not sure if they're the best – you know, obviously after this weekend, not sure that they're the best Big 12 team out there at all. Yeah. What we've seen, too, like, yes, the first two games we saw Oklahoma putting up points against Tulane, and then they gave up too many points against Tulane, in my opinion. And then they played WCU. But then they played Nebraska, who has a decent defense, but still lost to Illinois. And then you're playing a West Virginia team that's, again, unranked, and you're not putting up more than 24 points. I think for a team that's highly touted as a Spencer Rattler-led Oklahoma team, they're not going to be putting up those good amount of points against Baylor and Oklahoma State. They need to be playing a lot better before they get to that, especially if they're going to want to make it to the playoff. Yep, definitely agree. Rhett, I got a question for you. What's up? What, 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 what happened to Auburn? They were looking so good. They barely lost to Penn State. And now they barely beat Georgia State. Yeah, we won by 10 points. I never doubted anything. Brett, you better <laughs> tell the whole story right now. So we struggled. Our offense struggled a lot. We got bailed out by a combination of LSU's old backup quarterback that transferred to us after we benched Bo Nix and Cam Newton's little brother blocking a punt in the end zone to get a touchdown. So... I honestly, this is going to sound really bad, but I'm excited for what Auburn's about to do because I think this game took, it got what we needed to bench Bo Nix. And now we have a quarterback with legs and looks very athletic. I don't know if y'all watched that last drive, but I think our new quarterback looks very good. Yeah, I I didn't get to see any of the game. So when did they bench Bo Nix? Late in the third quarter, the new quarterback had like three drives. Okay, so he didn't have time to get. 
So if he got put in sooner, you think it would have been a bit better win? Oh, completely. Huh? Bo Nix was just doing horrible, and now we've opened this whole quarterback controversy where we're going to have to see who's our starter going into next week, and our coach isn't talking about it too much. But the new quarterback came in, and he performed. He had multiple must-convert third and fourth down conversions that he did. He threw a that last touchdown play. It was like a fourth and nine. He was getting rushed by like three or four people, created room with his legs, and then threw an absolute dime to our wide receiver in the end zone to win the game. So I have, I feel really good about this quarterback. I just really hope that we don't start Bo Nix next week. It's been three years of this. Let's let someone else get a start. And if he starts off bad, like whatever, we can swap back. But I just kind of want to see what he can do, especially against his old team. Yeah, that sounds like what the I know Florida State sucks, and I don't want to talk about them. But so Florida State did in that first game, they put McKenzie Milton in against Notre Dame, and he came back and he got the starting position after that. So hopefully that'll be with your backup. Um, how did Tank Bigsby do? Tank Bigsby did okay. We didn't use him as much as we should have. Uh, I don't actually remember the rushing yards. I remember him and Hunter both had a few good runs. Our rush defense looked horrible. Going into this game, we were averaging allowing like 50 yards running per game. And this game we had, there was one running back on their team that had three rushes of over 40 yards, two of those being over 50. Like, that's a joke. We, in our first three games, we had the same amount of rushing yards allowed as our last game. So I think we have a lot to work on defense-wise and... Uh, I'm curious to see what we'll do against LSU. We fired our wide receiver coach after the game. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen next week in LSU. Dude, Notre Dame, they, I, they looked bad at the beginning, but then they just pulled off a huge win against Wisconsin. It took them a second to get fired up, but still, that comeback, or well, I guess not really comeback, but that pull away, 41-13, to 13, Notre Dame's looking better than they did in that first week. That score does not tell how close that game was until yeah. like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. It was a one-score game, and Wisconsin had plenty of chances to come back, and then they have a turnover, Notre Dame scores, Notre Dame gets a pick six, and then Notre Dame scores again. Like, Notre Dame turned it up in the last five minutes. Oh, yeah. Complete insanity from the Irish. Even I will admit that. Yeah, but so we'll see how they how Notre Dame continues to do. So would you say those Catholics had a second coming? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's good. That All right. Good. Let's talk about this upcoming week. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Upcoming week. First game we're going to talk about is the Red Hot Arkansas but they got the Red Hot Bulldogs, UGA, in their number one defense. Hey, here's here's what I think. I, I personally think UGA is the best team in the country once they're all healthy. I think JT Daniels is really good when he has the time to pass, and their offensive line is great. I think they have good running backs, and I think they have very solid receivers. We need them to show up with everyone there, and they'll be much better offensively and in the games that they should have won they've definitely done that um 
I think they just needed to get settled in that Clemson game. But the rest of the games, they've really shown up from an offensive standpoint. And then we know for a fact UGA has the best defenses in the country. They are unreal. Linebackers are flying to the ball. They have corners. They have a defensive starter coming back. I think that this is a very, very good game. I think Arkansas really needs to show up. I think Arkansas can do it. I have this game picked as my upset of the week. But if UGA comes away with a win here, especially a dominant win here, I don't see a reason why UGA isn't ranked number one. Yeah, UGA is just, they're showing that nobody can stop them. Um, They're my national championship pick right now. I feel like they can beat Bama. Okay, let's all just take a step back. I do not think that UGA is going to be ranked number one. Even if they pummel Arkansas, I don't think it's going to happen. They actually, I'll I'll, I'll rephrase and say that UGA would have to win by 30-plus to maybe 40 points in order for them to be considered number one. Against Arkansas? Arkansas is ranked eight. I know. Alabama's playing a ranked team, too. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, so honestly. Yeah, I think that Ole Miss game will be telling. I I think if Matt Corral can show up and be the now Heisman conversation quarterback that he is, Mm -hmm. um, with how potent their offense is, I definitely, definitely think that they have a good chance of being able to at least put points on the the board. It's just going to be a matter of can they slow down Alabama. So – Going back to the Georgia game before I go into the Alabama game, let's be honest. Who has Georgia played? They have played South Carolina. Yeah, who you said played... was going to win? I went back on that the week of. He did. They played Vandy. They played a no-name team, and they played a Clemson team that everyone could admit we all thought were going to be a lot better than they actually are. But what were I the do... scores to all those games minus the Clemson game? Uh, That's what we're saying. They didn't cover the spread against South Carolina. Yeah, they but... did do well against Vandy, but that's Vandy. Like, who cares if you can blow out a bad team? Yeah. And they played a no-name team, so who cares about that one again? Says I mean, the Auburn one who could beat a no-name team by sixty points and still lose the next game. Says the one who kept ragging about Auburn destroying their yeah, first two games. Right. <laughs> no, no, but I'm with Red. This isn't about this isn't about Auburn or whoever we individually support. Georgia's this will actually be Georgia's first tell. Yep. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I thought that that Clemson game, I thought that was going to be two possible, you know, I thought it was just a, it was just a week one playoff game, but that hasn't held true in the slightest from what we've seen out of Clemson. Clemson does not look anywhere near as good as they used to be. And like I said, Alabama's playing number 12 Ole Miss. It's going to be really difficult to knock Alabama out of that number one spot. If they lose, they're gone. Totally understand that. If it's a close game and Georgia has a blowout against Arkansas, yeah, maybe then it's going to happen. If it's a close game and Georgia has a close game, Georgia's sitting pretty at number two. There's just nothing that's going to shake them. There's two almost statistically impossible scenarios for Georgia to be ranked number one. I, I agree that I think they're one of the best teams, but even though I wasn't high on Alabama before the season, Alabama has given me no reason to think that they are not the number one team in the country. Um, I, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I can understand that. 
Yeah, no, I think Georgia can pull out this game against Arkansas. I think it'll be a really close game. I mean, it's at home. But I also think this is the first game where you see Georgia's defense give a little. I think Arkansas is going to go in there with their rush attack and score 30 points. I just think Georgia might score a little more. Yeah, so that'll yeah. be a fun game to watch. I feel – where's game day this week? Is it there? It would have to be. I was going to say, I it's got to be that game. Yeah. I, I, so but, I, I then again, game day, day. game day doesn't like uh, – they only like doing SEC like once a year. I think I think game day is actually Cincinnati Notre Dame. That's so dumb. It's because they have they have eight. to get That's other so teams in and not just the SEC. But who cares? Actually, you no, the top no, two no, they, they will be on site for for they'll be in Athens for this game. They are in Athens. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think that Cincinnati Notre Dame is not a bad like a, a bad matchup as well. I think that would like if it wasn't number eight Arkansas playing UGA then. I would suggest Cincinnati Notre Dame. Yeah, but that that Cincinnati Notre Dame is going to be a good one. I the way Notre Dame's been playing, I assume that they might be the favorite in that game. I, I haven't looked at the spreads or anything, but I'll say for Cincinnati Notre Dame, this is going to be an awesome game. I th- I think that Red is entirely correct that Wisconsin Notre Dame game was way closer than the score showed. I mean, Wisconsin fell apart there in the last five minutes and. I, I pray that doesn't happen with Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati could walk into South Bend and take this game. And I'd be so confident to say they take this game by more than a touchdown. I would love I to see that happen. I, if Cincinnati can keep themselves together half as well as Wisconsin did, I think they'll be fine. I, I Really, we've seen Notre Dame play a couple of teams that at the time we thought were formidable opponents, whether it be Wisconsin, even though they had already lost to Penn State, or whether it was Florida State, who went on to show that they haven't amounted to much at all. They've amounted to almost nothing this season. And then let's not forget that Notre Dame had to win a close one against Toledo. So Cincinnati, I think, can easily win this game, even though Notre Dame has the home field advantage. So while you or while everything you said sounds good, I think Notre Dame walks in here, or I mean, it's at home. I think Notre Dame wins this one by two touchdowns. I could see 10 to a 14-point win. I think Cincinnati's not as good as everyone thinks, although currently they're the number one team in Ohio. Just had to throw that out for someone. Um, But I think Notre Dame pulls away with this game and wins. Fair enough. I mean, we're going to find out who's the, you know, who's right after this weekend. But this is telling, and I have this game as my upset of the week. And then it, it also depends on what Notre Dame team comes out. Is it the one that played against Wisconsin or the one that played against Florida State? So yeah. we'll see. Speaking of Wisconsin, they got Michigan this week. I think Michigan I think, will take I this. Think Mich- yeah, I think Michigan just runs over them. I think Michigan actually this is the first time in a while they've had a good, consistent quarterback. They have a really good running game, and their defense is solid. I just, I, I don't think Wisconsin is there. Yeah, Artie, I definitely I think agree. That's very, Artie, I think that's very mature of you to say. I'm Thank you. I, I'm growing up. A lot of my colors are showing, and I, I, I'm really immaturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of blue and yellow in your future. I'm not. <laughs> Unless they're Reinhardt blue and yellow, no, I'm not. I'm not wearing that ugly maze color. So. This is going to be the first thing I've said probably in all of these podcasts that makes Artie happy, but I think Michigan loses this game. I think Wisconsin showed 
Well, Wisconsin showed late last game, or in the second half of last game, that they have a really good rush attack. Something that we all thought they were going to have coming into the year. But, like, they started running the ball really well, but the issue was they were already behind, so they had to start forcing passes, and that's when they essentially just threw the game away with pick sixes and all these other things. I think if they can come out early, establish the run game, get a small lead, they can just run the entire game. And as long as they control the game, like I think they will run it perfectly. If they get behind, that's where I see the issues because their quarterback is not good. He hasn't proven himself. So for Wisconsin to win this game, they have to stay ahead. They have to keep their running back in the game, and they can't put themselves in a position where they're in a two-minute drill. Yep, so, uh, yeah, I'm still going to take Michigan on it, but we'll get to that when we get to rapid fire. But I know we talked a little bit about old, old – I don't like saying their name, but I'm going to try and be like Artie and be a grown-up. We got Ole Miss at Alabama. Oh, piss. I'm a child. <laughs> and I hate to say it, Ole Piss does look good, but I think Alabama – Alabama is still number one, number two team, and I think they're gonna gonna win this. So don't forget, this is the Ole Miss team that didn't lose a lot of starters, and last year they put up fifty points or forty-five to fifty points on this Alabama defense, and they were the only team that really made Alabama's defense look bad. I think Ole Miss actually has a chance to win this. I think it's a close game, a very high-scoring game. Um. But I think it's a very good game. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And so I going back to the question of who has UGA played, I'll flip the table now and, and just say for who has Alabama played, the only opponent who honestly looked great in Jacksonville, the only opponent that Alabama has played is Florida. Dan Mullen was that close to getting the upset, and we were about to see Alabama fall from that number one spot. But – UGA had the same story with Clemson. You know, we realized Clemson wasn't that good of a football team, but Florida, Florida looked good against Alabama. Besides this game, Alabama has played no-name teams in the form of Miami, who is so bad. They, Miami should have never been ranked in the beginning. They've played Mercer, and they've played Southern Miss. This will be the first actual contender to play against them in Tuscaloosa. Yep. So I yeah I still think Alabama is going to do well. Um, I think they're going to do well, but I I I mean you know as much as it pains me to say it, I I have to agree this Ole Miss team is looking great. I yeah I hate I hate admitting it, but they uh, they are looking super good right now, and I'm terrified yeah. of the uh, of the Egg Bowl. Hotty toddy, God Almighty, I don't give a piss. The only chant I want to hear is go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss wins. We got Baylor, Oklahoma State. I think this game is only big now because this is the first time that they're both ranked in the top 25 this yep. season. I think both teams are looking good, but I think a lot of this just say is more of a testament to how kind of weird the bottom 12 of the top 25 was from the beginning um, and how much kind of topsy-turvy-ness that we've seen, where we've seen a lot of teams that were in the mid-teens move up in the case of Iowa, uh, Penn State. And then we've seen a lot of teams go down where we had LSU, US, uh, UNC. And so I think it's just a real good chance for both of these two teams, especially being Big 12 teams, where we don't know where the state of that conference is right now. 
where we can uh, see if they can actually prove each other. Yeah. So I will say that, I, and this is 100% a completely biased take, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game. It, it Baylor does not look bad. It's just hard for me to get behind Baylor on, on anything football-related after the sexual assault allegations came out in 2017. Um, and so based off of that, I know Baylor looks good, but I do not want them to win this game. I think Oklahoma State can pull it off. And I phrase it like that as they're going to have to pull off this win, even though they're the 19th-ranked team and Baylor's 21. Baylor's a good football team, but I'm still rooting for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I want Baylor to win. Rhett, your team, Auburn versus LSU. I think Auburn's going to take it because LSU, I mean, Mississippi State almost beat them. I mean, yeah, Auburn didn't look good against Georgia State last week, but like you said, this backup QB came in and yeah. kind of pulled away. So I think so, Auburn takes this easily. I'm really curious to see who we have starting this game. I want to see TJ Finley out there after what he did last week, and he was on LSU's team for multiple years before he transferred to us. He knows their program. He knows exactly what they do. He's practiced against all these same people that he would be playing against I, I think if we put him out here, we can run the ball all over them, and Auburn comes away with their first win in Death Valley in, I think, 10 years. Wow. I have That's... to be honest. I do not understand what the mentality is behind it, but I I mean, I, I buy into the bias. It is tough to win in Death Valley. Because it... it's, it's been difficult for Mississippi State teams over the same 10-year period to win there, too. More so in night games than other games because oh, yeah. it gets rowdy at night. Yeah, the atmosphere is, in Baton Rouge is, it is not a safe place to be. No, it is doable, but it's a very hard thing to do to walk in there in a night game and win. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, Mississippi State did that Dax junior year when we were number one for a while, so, you yeah, know. It's not impossible, right? But I think that I, too, am excited to see what Auburn has at the helm. All right, that does it for the big games. Well, take us into it. All right. We're going to start off with our upsets, and we've talked about all of these games already, so let's just run through them real quick. 30 seconds or less. Tell me about your upset. Artie, who you got? I have Arkansas beating number two UGA. All right. Anything you want to add? Any context of after what we've already talked about? I think I spoke a lot to it. I think UGA is really, really strong, but I think Arkansas is showing a lot of promise. I think they've got a really good run game. The offense is moving, and I think that defense is just – with uh, Georgia still missing offensive weapons that are going to be starters, I think that Arkansas's defense can still step up. I don't think it's going to – I think it'll either be really, really close and Arkansas wins or UGA blows them out. Fair enough. All right, Zach, let's move on to you. Who do you have? I got Baylor over um, Oklahoma State. They had a great game last week against Iowa State and took them down 31-29. to And all their other previous games, they've been blowing teams out. Minus the Texas State game, which was week one, so they were still learning their team. So I got Baylor over Oklahoma State. All right, so I'm going to go with my take now. I've already talked about it a little bit. I've got Cincinnati over Notre Dame. I understand that the only actual opponent Cincinnati has played is Indiana, beat them 38-24. Besides that, they've played Miami, Ohio, and Murray State. I still think it's possible, though, Cincinnati can walk in there and beat Notre Dame. I understand Jack Cohen is a great quarterback. Notre Dame's got a good offense. I still haven't seen enough out of Notre Dame's defense besides the, you know, last couple of minutes of that 
Wisconsin game to make me think that they can stay with Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati can pull out this upset. Rhett, who you got? I have Wisconsin over um, Michigan. I think Wisconsin goes in, gets an early lead, establishes their run game, and just controls the game time. Just completely establishes their run game, which is something they showed that they can do, but they have to have a lead to do it and not get in a situation where they have to throw the ball in a two-minute drill. Yeah, fair enough. Wisconsin does not seem comfortable with that two-minute drill at all. All right, let's move on to college rapid fire. We're going to start off with myself going to Iowa at Maryland. we got number five, Iowa, playing at Maryland. Me, Maryland. I've had them as a dark horse to win the Big Ten, them and Rutgers. Sadly, Scarlet Knights lost. I don't think Michigan's that good. Maryland can win this. Artie, who you got? I have Iowa. I think their defense is going to be just what, just enough to stop um, Tagovailoa's offense. I, I think that they come away with the win. Fair enough. Rhett? I think Iowa comes in, shows that their defense is the real deal, and wins this game by 14 points. Okay. Ziggy? I got Iowa winning. Their offense is looking good. Haven't seen much of Maryland, so... All right, looks like I'm a loner here then. Hey, just want to remind everybody, now that you've given me your takes, that Maryland did beat West Virginia, who just lost by three points to Oklahoma. Now, moving on. Texas at TCU. Will, TCU, Horned Frogs, Texas is not back. And with that, I will throw it over to Artie. I need no further explanation. Horns down, horns down, horns down, Horned Frogs win. Ooh, like that. Go, Rhett. Horns down, Texas wins. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) All right, you bastard. Zach, you got it. But Texas won last week, so they're back. But I'm having TCU. All right, I like it. Ooh, Oregon at Stanford. Number three, Oregon playing at Stanford there in in the in Palo Alto. Uh, just to keep it interesting, Will, I'm going to go with the favorite for once, Oregon. Artie? Yeah, I got to rock with Oregon. I think the, they still showed a lot against Ohio State. Arizona could have been better, but I think Oregon comes away with the win. Fair enough. Rhett? Easy pick, Oregon. Uh-huh. Ziggy? Oregon's defense is crazy good. I'm going Oregon. All right. We're all on the Oregon. All with the Ducks. Ducks fly together. Number 11, Ohio State at Rutgers. Who wants to do my take for me? Will's got Rutgers. I'm going to call it. Oh, yeah. On to yeah. Artie. Will's going the Scarlet Knights. I, uh, I'm i going to have to go against them. Uh, definitely Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. Breaks my heart. Rhett? Do you remember when, at the beginning of last game, Akron was leading Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State wins this, but I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Zach. Well, I'm with you. Let's go Scarlet oh, Knights. Oh, yeah, Ziggy! All right, we're split down the middle on Ohio State Rutgers. We're going to move on to a team that always needs more cowbell, Mississippi State at number 15, Texas A&M. Will, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I'm going to ride or die. I don't have much hope, though. A&M's starting quarterback's still out, so I'm praying for a miracle. Artie. I'm going to go with the Air Raid boys, Mississippi State Bulldogs. There we go, Rick. Y'all are insane, Texas A&M. <laughs> Man, screw you, okay? Ziggy. We're always insane, Rhett, because Mike Leach is going to come out this week on it in practice and lay it into his team and make them hold on to the ball and not get stupid penalties. Mississippi State. All right. Indiana at number four, Penn State. I think this one might be as lopsided as Oregon. Will, I'm going to go with Penn State. Penn State has shown me no reason they'll lose this football game. 
I have not been impressed with what I've seen in Indiana. They've lost to multiple people, um, including Cincinnati, Penn State. Artie? I'm going to have to go with Penn State. They're way too strong. Oh, yeah. Rhett? Penn State. All right. Ziggy? Penn State's looking good. All right. Syracuse at Florida State. Will, uh, I don't know why we're talking about this game. Both of these teams are irrelevant. But just to keep it interesting, because uh, I'm sorry, I feel like stirring the pot, I'm going to go with Syracuse. Artie? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Orange Men here. I think yeah. they, uh, they, they've they got something to prove. And I unfortunately, as much as I really enjoy the story of Mackenzie Milton, he's not pulling them to victory. So Syracuse. Yeah. Just love that story. It's great that the quarterback's coming back after getting injured at UCF. Rhett? Uh, Syracuse. FSU starts 0-5 and, and fires their coach. Zach, let the depression begin. Zach, who you have? Syracuse. <laughs> yes. All right, we're gonna round it out. USC at Colorado. Will I gotta go with my state? We're going with Colorado. USC doesn't have a head coach. They're playing at higher altitude. Colorado's gonna hope field advantage. It almost happened against A and M. Well, they can pull off the miracle this time. Colorado. Already. I'm gonna go with Colorado. Buffaloes. Oh. Love yeah. it. Red. <laughs> Red. Uh, USC, y'all are insane again. Oh, my God. Red's a party pooper. All right, Zach, run us out. Well, I'm going I'm to have to be with y'all. Colorado has been putting up great fights against strong teams. USC isn't a strong team, so I think Colorado Ooh. can take that win. Oh, fighting words, Ziggy. I love to hear it. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up Rapid Fire for this week, and we'll be moving on to NFL. All right, NFL kicking this week off. Falcons' first win of the season. I just want the record to show in the last seven days, the Falcons are undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. We were able to pull off the win thanks to a great special teams effort. We saw some good kicking opportunities around the league. Young Way Koo was nowhere shy of being in the spotlight with the game-winning field goal against the very difficult, the extremely tough, New York Giants. Are you saying tough to watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that however you want. It was it was okay. a sl- sloppy game from both teams, but of course Falcons. Hey, run game looked good. Cordell Patterson. I am so fucking excited for him. He is oh, doing okay. so well. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Give me those explosive takes, because dude. Cordell, I, I am so happy for that pickup. He's he's my he's my win of the week. He's doing so well. I'm so excited right. to see how he does. But that's about all I have from the Falcons. They happy they won, but they still they still they still scare me. Oh yeah, yeah. we beat the worst team in the league. Yeah. Woo! Well, hey. hey, I would still say the Jaguars are the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah. we'll get to the Jaguars in a bit, but I mean, I I don't know. I'm just excited. It's you know, in the words of Kevin from the Office. It's just nice to win something. It really is. Um, but no, like I said, Young Wei Koo coming through with the game-winning field goal. That's amazing. I've been so high on Young Wei Koo all this time. I think that he's an awesome kicker. I really hope he stays with the Falcons franchise for life. You know, I, I would love for him to retire one day as a Falcon. But moving around, we had some other great kicking opportunities. Um, who wants to take us away with the Ravens here? Well, real quick. Young Wei Koo is going to be the next uh, Matt Bryant. Uh, yeah, for the I Falcons. Would say he's, 
I would, I, you know what? A little bit better, I, but yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think he'll be better than Matt Bryant. I really do. Uh, so moving forward with some great kicks, Baltimore tweaking out the win with a 66-yard field goal that, I mean, if you look at the size of the legs on that kicker, they're insane. He was able to kick the ball all the length and then had yeah. all of the Lions hope. Just Hey, I got this one. I got okay. this one. Justin oh, Tucker. Justin Tucker. Well, first off, let's just start off with this. Lamar Jackson moved the ball really, really well down the field, gotten them to what most teams would consider a non-kickable position. He's sitting 66 yards away from the goalpost, and Justin Tucker lines up, gets on the field with full confidence, slams the ball 65 and a half yards, it hits the crossbar on the goalpost and flips into the kicking net. Oh, yeah. That was for the game as it was the last second kick. It also set an NFL record for 66 yards field goal. Love it. Absolutely love it. Granted, it should have never been that close in the first place against the Lions, but still just amazing the kick that we saw come out of there. You know yeah. what? Speaking of Speaking of amazing kicks, Zach, we're going to bounce over to one of your favorite teams, Packers, pulling out the win last night after almost blowing their lead and then blowing their lead in the second half against the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers score a touchdown. They take the lead. There's less than a minute in the game. Green Bay has no timeouts. Aaron Rodgers is able to get them into kicking position within 36 seconds. And this kick probably would have been the kick of the weekend and with Mason Crosby making a 50-yard field goal had it not been for the Ravens' win. This was an amazing kick. Aaron Rodgers proves again, yeah, maybe he's on his sunset season. Maybe he's not. But he's here to, he's here to do business. And he proved that in the 49ers. Excuse me, he proved that in San Francisco, which was just, just outright amazing. Zach, what was your takeaway? I mean, I watched part of the game. I know you're the biggest Green Bay fan here, so I'll let you speak to it. Yes, it was a, it was a pretty good game on Green Bay's side second half wasn't as good as it should have been um there was a bs non-call on Devonte adams freaking spearing the heck out of him putting him on the ground and going into concussion protocol for a minute with the no call complete bull i know rhett, rhett wants to rant on that in a minute but so i'm gonna finish and let him do that um but i all, all the green bay fans we know aaron Rodgers. we know what he can do when there was 37 seconds left, once the, after they scored, it was too much time for it. Was he's like the he's the next Tom Brady? He had that smirk on his face, and he knew he was like, "Ah, eh, that's plenty of time for me to get the ball downfield and get in field goal range." So, I had no doubt that after after they scored that touchdown with 37 seconds left, I was like, "They left too much time on the clock." So, super happy they pulled out the win, and. Happy for Mason Crosby. What a beautiful kick. Almost got blocked, too, but he pulled it out. Yeah, I'm going to go in and go into it. These targeting calls or non-calls are getting out of hand. I don't see how sometimes people are getting thrown out of the game for nothing. Other times, people, that it was a blatant targeting call in my mind, led with the crown of the helmet and no call. You had a player laying there, and everyone thought that he had a concussion. Like, I don't know how he came out of that as uninjured as he did but that was just absolutely horrible calling 
he was being held down almost on the ground, and the dude led with the crown of the helmet and just square almost knocked him out on the field. Absolutely horrible call. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous, and I, I think it's it's just ironic. We saw way more taunting flags from this past weekend's NFL games than we did at all for targeting. So I, I just I think the NFL, just like the NCAA, needs to get the priorities right. Um, needs to do some better officials clinics. I'm no, I'm not saying it's an easy job, but that one was pretty blatant. Looking, you know, watching from the sidelines, watching from as a spectator. Yeah, this taunting stuff is getting ridiculous. Like. Half the taunting right. calls aren't even taunting. I think you're also, like, you're kind of taking a part of competition away. I know some people are going to say taunting's bad, it hurts the sport, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't matter. If you grew up playing sports, you kind of learn to talk shit, especially in a game that's as aggressive as football, hockey, even, like, basketball, lacrosse. Those type of sports where you're hitting somebody, you're going to be talking shit, especially if you score a point lay somebody out, something like that. Like taking that part away of the game is kind of taking some of the fun out of it, taking some of the aggression out of it to where like, if if you can't just talk in somebody's face and kind of make them feel bad, like, are you really playing? Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that's a good point. You know, definitely at this high level of a competition, if you, any, any edge you can get to get inside your opponent's head you should be taking advantage of within, you know, what's considered legal or what is maybe considered moral, to, you know, depending on what you're saying to those guys out there. Uh, I, I will say based off of the flags I saw this past weekend, none of those were terrible taunting calls. So yeah. it, it didn't seem like that any of them warranted a flag. And but, we don't want, like, we're not saying like throw racial slurs out there. Yeah, we're not um, idiots. But if you're standing over somebody and you say, like, stay down there, like, that shouldn't be taunting. Or, like, if you wave your finger in somebody's face because you knocked the ball out of their hand, like, that shouldn't be taunting. Yeah. I mean, the Kempe Matumbo used to do that all the time for the Atlanta Hawks. Like, that that stuff's funny. You know, you're remembered for that. Yeah, but we're, no, we're not we're not suggesting people be idiots and, and do it, you know, say any slurs or do anything stupid that – that will probably get them beat up off the field. We're, we're saying that if it comes to it in, you know, trash talk, and at, at, especially at the NFL level, any sort of trash talk is going to be flagged. I mean, come on, that, that's just ridiculous. So I'm going to move on now from Green Bay. <clears throat> we have finished the stories of the great kicks from this past weekend, and we will talk about one of the, uh, one of the funniest kick attempts. The Cardinals tried to make a kick to 68 yards yes to to end the first half of the game it ends up coming short the jaguars return the ball for a 109 yard touchdown giving the jaguars the lead going into halftime uh it, it was it was just unfathomable it was amazing and honestly funny it didn't matter in the long run once kyler murray got you know, up and running in, in the, the second half, the, the Cardinals took care of business, but still funny to touch on the Jaguars had a glimpse of hope there for, for their first win of the season. No, oh, I think is. unfortunately the Jaguars still aren't good. As much as I loved Urban Meyer at Ohio state, I just don't know if he's an NFL coach. Now, again, it could be the talent level. It could be the general manager. It could be the organization in general, but 
I feel like, especially with Etienne being out, um, and your only real running option being James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, and you're having Trevor Lawrence throwing anywhere between one and three picks a week, like uh-huh. it's really tough to be able to move the ball and score points, especially when you're in a division that you should be able to put up points in. Um, yes, the Titans are really good, but you still you have the Colts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can beat the Colts. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. I mean, I was pretty high in the Colts at the beginning of the season, and they are quickly proving me wrong. The Colts' defense is not able to hold up to whatever is lacking on the offensive side. But, yeah, no, you, I mean, you'd think that. I don't know, though. The Colts' D is probably good enough to get a couple of interceptions out of Trevor Lawrence. We'll see. But, hey, we're going to move on. Uh, the Chargers upset the Chiefs. An amazing quarterback battle. I think somebody on here might have picked the Chargers last week, but hey, that doesn't really matter. We don't care. And then speaking of the Chiefs, we see that Josh Gordon was reinstated and ends up signing with the Chiefs as of today, uh, September 27th. So the Chiefs still are the best offensive powerhouse in college football. I, I will say that probably the whole season especially with the pickup of Josh Gordon, the Chiefs are a force to be reckoned with. And I think if Gordon had been on the team two weeks ago, had time to get incorporated into Kansas City's offense, you would have seen this headline differently. I don't think the Chargers would have upset them. That's true, but the fact that Chargers beat the Chiefs, like, Chiefs didn't even put up that many points against them. Like, where are the powerhouses? Why didn't they do well? Exactly. Real quick, you skimmed over it, but you did mention that someone did choose the Chargers last week, and they got a little ridiculed for it. Yeah, that's kind of odd. I don't, I don't really think we need to talk about it that much. Okay, if we don't have to go into it, we don't have to, but I'm just saying there's a there's a trend that's been going on in these episodes. Oh, 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 okay. Well, I mean, if that's how somebody on this podcast, you know, particularly feels, that, that maybe they're entitled to that opinion, but, you know, maybe they just got lucky a few times. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I'll accept right. it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. So we'll see. If, we'll see how that luck keeps running for for you, Rhett. Or for. I for, think Rhett's. I think Rhett's crack is magic juice. <laughs> yeah, I might have to yeah. take a take a whiff of it soon. Yeah, you've got that. You've got that juice from Space Jam that they drink at halftime. That's yeah. that's what you've been sipping on. But hey, we'll see. We'll see how your luck keeps going. You never know. Moving forward, we have a couple of undefeated teams left: the Panthers, the Raiders, the Rams, my Broncos. And the Cardinals are all three and zero. We've got some tough matches ahead of us. The Broncos. I'll just touch on them and then pass it over to you guys. The Broncos play the Ravens at home this week. I'm just gonna say it now. This is my sleeper pick of the week. I am 100 percent biased. I am so biased, and I do not care because you know what? I trust in. I trust in Teddy Bridgewater, and I think that Teddy Bridgewater can pull out the upset this coming week against the Ravens. I think that the Broncos' defense, yes, they've played some some teams that may have not had a good offense, like the Jets, yeah. but the defense has still shown up. Like Even if you're playing bad teams, you still have to show up and be the better guy on the field, which I think that definitely is a testament to that. I also think you see Broncos' running game with Javante Adams, or Javante Williams, sorry, and with Melvin Gordon really really potent running game their offensive line is holding up being able to get the push up front they're also able to keep teddy bridgewater protected 
Um, and even when there's a slight slip up, he's still able to move, get out of the pocket and make good, clear passes down the field. And he's always been a really good quarterback to get to his second check down if he needs to. I think he's showing real promise. And if that defense holds, I, I think the Broncos get the win here. Love to hear it already from the number two Broncos fan on this podcast. This will, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely blind. I'm not going to lie to you. If there's one thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to lie to you. This will be the first actual opponent we play. We checked off literally every easy box in NFL. We've played the Jets, we've played the Jaguars, and we've played the Giants. So now we're going up 3-0 and against the Ravens. I said at the very beginning when we first started recording these episodes, I think that the Broncos can be 4-0 after this weekend. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they ride this hype through, but yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they're a scary offense. We'll see just what the defense is made of, but you hit the nail on the head. Just seeing how the Broncos offense adapts to the to the absence of Jerry Judy after he got injured in, in game one against the Giants will be telling this coming weekend. Yeah, congrats. Y'all have played the three easiest teams. I don't see y'all winning this. Okay, Red, I'm sorry that you don't support any teams in the NFL besides Atlanta. All right, so moving forward, we've got some big A's coming. Talking about some undefeated teams, we have the 3-0 and Panthers going up against the Cowboys, who we hope will be a one-loss Cowboys by the time that this podcast has been released. I think that the Cowboys can beat the Panthers. I think they can. that both teams will exit this game 3-1. and that's just my bias. I think that the Cowboys have a great offense. We haven't seen that much out of their defense, but I, I believe Dak Prescott can get the job done. Yes. I think if the passing game is there, Amari Cooper is fully healthy, CeeDee Lamb is healthy, Ezekiel Elliott's healthy, Tony Pollard's healthy, and Dak Prescott is still throwing the ball as he has been. And now that they're getting the run game more involved, I think the Cowboys can win this game. I think Carolina's defense is solid. I think Sam Darnold is showing you what he got drafted for rather than what he showed us regularly in New York. I think the game's close, but I do think the Cowboys come away. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Sam Darnold's a great quarterback, and he has he has adapted quickly to the Carolina offense. But I, I'm still high on the Cowboys, and I still think they can pull this victory out. Zach, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, I, Cowboys are looking great right now. Like, uh, after that first week, I mean, yeah, they lost to Tampa Bay, but honestly, it's because Greg the Leg wasn't doing well. They would have won if he could hit his field goals. But Dak Prescott's passes are on point. He's got three great wide receivers and a, a, such a good tight end and two great running backs. Like, he has so many weapons around him that Carolina, yeah, they're 3-0. and They don't look like a 3-0 and team. They didn't. Even, they didn't look that good against Houston until the second half. Like Sam Darnold got sacked. What was it? Four times or something? Yeah, I think it was four times. Yeah, he. I. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how Carolina pulled out that win, twenty-four to three or whatever it was, or the twenty twenty-four to nine. But mm-hmm. I. I think I don't think they're caliber enough to be an undefeated team, and I think Cowboys easily come out and get this. That's fair enough. I don't hate that take. So, so real quick, you said they don't have the caliber to be an undefeated team. Do you think the Broncos have a cal- or the caliber to be an undefeated team with the team? Tread it carefully. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think Broncos. Uh, yeah, I think Broncos have the caliber to be an undefeated team. 
but they played the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars. Can you really say they're tested whatsoever? What were the scores of that game? Let me look that up real quick. It doesn't matter. They played the three worst teams in football. Well, I mean, you got to throw the but Texans also in there, to, probably the fourth worst. So teams. they have a win. They beat and Giants they twenty-seven to thirteen. They beat Jags by ten, and they beat the Jets twenty-six zero. Yeah. Other than the Jets game, none of those are a blowout, and they're against the three worst teams. Nonetheless, the, Jags. The, the, the Jags. I want the Broncos Jags game was a bad game for them. They beat the Giants 27-13 and then they blew out the Jets. I still think that with those kind of uh that kind of points and spread minus the Jags game, I think it should have been a little bit higher. I I think I still think they can be a undefeated team and they have the caliber for it. We'll see. Also, yeah, I can't wait for Rhett to be congratulating me on my 4-0 team next week. Yeah, that's fine. So we kind of already touched on it, but we're going to go back. We've got the Ravens playing here in Denver against the 3-0 Broncos. This will be the most telling game of the week. You know, like we broke it down previously, the Broncos defense has been tested, but it's against the three worst teams in the league. They were able to hold the Jets scoreless. That's great. You really want to expect that from just about any defense that that is considered a decent defense in the NFL. So Lamar Jackson and his just, you know, his toolbox of people he's got in the offensive backfield and, and wide receivers with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are coming into Denver. I think Denver could get it done, but it will come to come down to how well they can execute their run game against Baltimore. I, I really want to see Broncos defense come and do well. If they can shut down Lamar, that's going to be insane, and that'll oh, show yeah. that'll show Red that they are undefeated caliber team. So I mean, we'll see when it comes. Brett, what's your take? Uh, we'll get into it on the rapid fire. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Screw you. <clears throat> so besides besides Cowboys, Carolina, and the Ravens, Broncos, we have. What is definitely, in my opinion, the most telling game of the weekend, probably the biggest game of the weekend, which is going to be the 3-0 Cardinals versus the 3-0 Rams. Just two incredible offensive teams. Matt Stafford is settling into his own there with the Rams, and Kyler Murray looking great with the Cardinals as well. Uh, I don't actually have a take on this. I think that I do get the win, but that's just I do. Yeah, go ahead, Ari. I have a take. The Rams are the best team in football. Um, Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. I think that their defensive line is incredible. Their defensive backs are incredible. They have a strong run game, and with Sonny Michelle getting more touches, I think they have a good and even better run game. Matt Stafford has a cannon for an arm. They have good, solid wide receivers. They have Cooper Cup, who is the most receiving yards of in the NFL currently. I just think that that offense is really, really going. And even if the offense is not playing at 100%, that defense is way too good. I think Arizona is incredible. I just don't think they have the defense to keep up with the Rams offense. And the Rams are just a much more complete team. Yeah. I think we see a, we see a four and Rams and Cardinals coming out three and one. Yeah. Stafford and cup. They've been connecting so well this past three games. Like, they, they're they doing much better. No, I don't think they're the best team in the league. Sorry, 
already, but they are doing really well. This is going to be an insane game because you got um, Kyler Murray on the other side. I'm so interested to see how Aaron Donald versus Kyler Murray is going to be. This is going to be a really high-scoring game. I will say I'm really happy for Matthew Stafford. He struggled through a few years, him playing well, but just being on the Lions was not a good fit for him or anybody for that fact. Yeah. But I think I'm happy for him to finally be on a good team. Um, I think this turns into a really high-scoring game. Both teams have really high-scoring offenses, and this is not me coming from a biased fantasy owner or anything, but I hope Matthew Stafford remembers that he has other wide receivers other than Cooper Cup. Okay. Like who, Rhett? Yeah. Like, um, I can't think of anyone in particular. Maybe Robert Woods, um, Higby, people other than Cooper Cup. No, he can just keep throwing to Cooper Cup. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, I don't really care. And so with that, I'm going to move us on to um, probably not the most telling, but maybe the most exciting game of the weekend, which will be... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New England. The return to the return to Foxborough. Yeah. Playing against Mac Jones and Tom Brady's old team, the New England Patriots. Uh, I, I don't have a take on this. I, like I said, I am just excited for the game. I will leave you with, or I'll start us actually with this quote, which was from Julian Edelman. And he said, it's like being invited to dinner and both parents are divorced and everybody knows it, and both of the parents are sitting next to each other at dinner. Dude, I can't wait for this game just because it's Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. This is first time playing New England since he left. I am so interested to see what the fans do. Are they going to give him a standing ovation, or are they going to boo him as loud as they possibly can? Because he did so much for New England, but then he left. So he won them six Super Bowls. They can't do anything but stand for him. And if they don't stand and clap for him, they are the most spoiled people alive. Yep. And like, then I straight up he won them six Super Bowls. You can't complain that he just like swapped teams at the very end of his career. Yep. And then I can't wait to see him him and um Belichick's reunion. I, I I hope they get that on I hope they can get that on a hot mic so we can all hear it. But I think I think I think Gronk coming back too. This is going to be, yeah, yeah, true, Gronk coming back. This is going to be a super good game because Tampa Bay lost this past weekend, and they almost lost to the Falcons if it wasn't for freaking Matt Ryan giving up two pick sixes last week. Yes, but Tampa Bay lost to the best team in football, the Rams. Oh, my God. I only have to put up with this for, like, 12 more weeks. It's whatever. (laughs) I, I, so, once again, don't actually have uh, anything to say about the game. I think it would be really funny if Gronk and Tom Brady showed up with, with sleeveless shirts on and for a change, Bill Belichick was wearing an actual hoodie. With what sleeves. would you think of this game if Belichick came in with a visor? Oh, if I, I would, I would say visor that. mode. Yeah. That's, that's godlike. Yeah. Uh-huh. Godlike. Yep. There's no way, no way they'd ever lose. Patriots win by a landslide 30 plus. Okay. Just curious. Pats, Pats by 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be tough. I mean, like, you, you just can't mess with the visor mode. It honestly, it'd be so tough. But no, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on now to rapid fire. We have a bunch of takes here. We want to talk about 
and we're just going to break down the slate, uh, in, or we're going to go through the entire slate, I should say, game by game. All right, week one. Fuck, that's not what I meant. That part you have to keep in. <laughs> All right, Thursday night, Jags Bengals. This is what's going to be just a sloppy dog fight. Will, I got to go with Bengals. Bengals Burrow, Brave Birds Pod, Bengals. Artie. Bengals, Burrow, Barnes, touchdowns, Jamar Chase. You know, I got to go with my boy Burrow. Go Bengals. Awesome. Rhett, throwing it over to you. I'm sure you're going to break my heart. Go ahead. Nah, Bengals win this. I'm not going to break anyone's heart on this (laughs) one. Yeah, Rhett. Yeah, brother. All right, Zach. Yeah, Jags don't look good, and Bengals look great against the Steelers. I'm going Bengals Uh and Burrow. Will, why'd you sound like one of my cousins there? (laughs) I don't know, man. I probably you're, you, well, Brett. You do like a friend. Uh, you do like a team in Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I, I just been watching a lot of WWE as well. Sorry. <laughs> All right, football team versus the Falcons. Will, I'm not. I'm actually not really confident in saying this at all. But we are undefeated the last seven days. Falcons, Artie. I'm gonna go with Falcons. I think uh, our running game is picking up. We have. Uh, we still have an okay passing game if the offense, offensive lines can stand up straight. Um, and I don't think that Washington has the best offense outside of Scary Terry. So I think Falcons win. All right. Rhett? Did you all see Antonio Gibson's 70-yard touchdown uh, catch uh, last week? Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like Washington. No, God bless America. Ziggy. Yeah, I mean... Falcons or Falcons. Washington football team looked good at the beginning of the Bills game, then Bills pulled away. But I'm going to have to go. Like Rhett said, that 70-yard catch, Falcons have terrible secondary Washington football team. Oh, my God. I've never seen a house so divided before. Steelers, Packers. Oh, well, I wish both teams would lose. Fuck off. for the sake of my friendship with Zach, I will cheer for Aaron Rodgers. Go Pack Go. That's what I thought. Party. I will never root for Schittsburg. Go Pack Go. <laughs> Brett. Uh, Schittsburg. That's a funny name. Uh, Packers win this. Surfer Boy wins. All right, Zach. Round us out. Oh, yeah. Like I said last week, Aaron Rodgers is going 8-0 after his loss in the regular season. He's already 2-0. Let's go Pack. Go Pack Go. All right. Giants, Saints, Will, totally biased. Giants are going to steal this game harder than Jameis Winston stole those crab legs. Go Giants. Artie. I'm running with famous Jameis all day, baby. Go Saints. Oh, oh man. Well, you, better not, you better hope he's not inside a target this weekend. Rhett. I hate choosing Jameis. Uh, the Saints <laughs> win this. The Giants suck. <laughs> Zach. Yeah, I got to go with Rhett. Go Saints. Ugh, that oh. hurts coming out of my mouth. Yeah, you should have just picked the Giants. That was a nasty. That was a nasty taste. I need some beer. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Chiefs Eagles. <laughs> Will this one's gonna be very lopsided? Chiefs. Already. Yeah. Pat Mahomes comes back. He's pissed off after losing. It's so Chief, bad. Chiefs go off, especially <laughs> yeah. with Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Red. Yeah. If anyone doesn't choose the Chiefs here, you are actually like need to go to an asylum. So. Yeah, easy choose. All right, I'll see you in the asylum. I'm just kidding. Uh, Eagles are looking bad right now. 
in Monday Night Football. Let's go, Chiefs. Uh-huh. Another lopsided one, Texans-Bills. <laughs> well, I, I can't even say this with a straight face that the Texans have a chance, so go, Bills. Artie? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I, I think that they're just way too good. Yeah, they might be the better team in this matchup. I'm not sure. Brett? Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm. Josh Allen. Ziggy. It's going to be Bills Packers. <laughs> Wait. Is Rhett just voting for Josh Allen, or is he voting for the Bills? Yeah, no, he's just Josh Bills. Allen. Josh Allen wins. No, I did not say the word Bills. All right, Zach. It's going to be Bills Packers Super Bowl. I'm calling it now, so I'm having the Bills win this one. Houston. And the Rams. Don't forget about the Rams because they're the yeah, best. There will be three teams playing in one Super Bowl. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. What about the Broncos? Possibly. Yeah, and the yeah, Broncos. I about, damn it. I was just about to say that. Oh. I just hope all the teams have fun. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. Broncos. They can all have a participation trophy. Damn. Okay. Panthers, Cowboys. Will. Sam Darnold's looking good, but still going with the Cowboys. Got to support my dude, Dak Prescott. Artie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dak on here. Just like we talked about before, I think the run game is solid. I think the passing game, especially if everybody's healthy, is uh, way up there. I think Dak is one of the most accurate passers in the NFL right now. Defense is looking solid in the last couple games. Go Cowboys. All right, Rhett. I don't think the Cowboys are as good as everyone thinks. I think the Panthers are a lot better than everyone thinks. Panthers. Zach? Panthers are not a 3-0 caliber team. Let's go Cowboys. Dak is going to get the ball. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. And Zeke is going to run all over them. All right. Browns, Vikings. Will. The return of Odell. That will be the highlight at the end of this weekend. Room with mine and Artie's boy, Baker Mayfield. Go Browns. Artie. Vikings. God bless. Why do you do Rhett. You do know that Odell was back last weekend, right? Yeah, but this will be his, like, actual return. Okay. The return uh, of Odell to the bench. Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Vikings lose. Ooh, go Zach. Yeah, I'm going Browns. They're, they're looking good. You're all stupid. Whatever you say, Art, we all... We all we're all entitled entitled to our own wrong opinions. Yeah, even if some people call you an idiot for them. You see, Odell's gonna do that thing to the Vikings that he likes done on his chest. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. Moving forward, Colts Dolphins. Will I've been pretty high on the Colts defense this whole year, but with a quarterback out who somehow I just want to ask, how is it possible to break both of your ankles? I will leave you with this for my take. Artie. Yes, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with the Dolphins. Their defense is good. Rhett. You know I'm kind of split 50-50 on this game, so I just kind of have to choose against y'all. Dolphins lose. All right, Zach. Um, Colts not looking good as they were. Dolphins are looking much better. Let's go, Dolphins. Okay, Titans, Jets, Will. Uh, Zach Wilson throws five interceptions. Titans are going to run them over. Derrick Henry, tree trunks for his calves. Go Titans. Artie? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Titans. The Jets are terrible. All right, Rhett? 
Adam Gaze, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, no, the Jets suck. Zach. Yeah. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry. Yeah. Just just want to let everybody at home know that Rhett did have to look up the names of those players before we recorded. He did not know anybody on the Jets offensive side of the ball. All uh, right. I, who does? I did name their head coach. Who 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 knows any of their players anyways? Wait, yeah, Matt Gates is Matt Gates isn't even their head coach anymore. Yeah, he, he's going. Adam yeah. Gates? Yeah, Adam Gase. He's not even their head coach anymore. Yeah, it changes every year. It's hard to keep up. That's funny. Let's speed it up here on the back half, boys. Lions, Bears, Will. Got to go with our hometown hero, Justin Fields. Go Bears. Artie. Lions. Okay, hate that take. Brett. Uh, Lions. All right, Zach, you want me to do your take for you? You know I got you. Yeah, I'm going Lions. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. The betrayal. All right, Cardinals, Rams, Will, Kyler Murray, video game character, possibly an MVP candidate, go Cardinals. Artie? The Rams are the best team in football. Oh, my God. Brett? You didn't even choose the Rams last week. Rams lose. Okay, Zach. Artie, what about cheat code and cheat code and more cheat code? Kyler Murray, let's go Cardinals. All right, Seahawks, 49ers, Will. Sorry, Brandon, I can't root for Russell Wilson. Great guy. Just don't want the Seahawks to win. I can't have that hanging over my head in our friendship. I'm very sorry, Brandon. Go 49ers. Jimmy G, pull it out. Artie. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Russell Wilson. Damn it. Brett. You're actually insane, Will. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Seahawks lose. <laughs> yeah! Ziggy. Jimmy G looking super good as his Super Bowl year. 49ers. Okay. All right, Ravens, Broncos, Artie, you've got both of our takes. Run with it, sir. Broncos! Trust Teddy B. All right. Go, Zach. Lamar Jackson's going to run all over you. The Broncos are going to come back and win. All right. I put Rhett last just because I have to give him a take. Go, Rhett. Teddy Bridgewater sucks. Ravens. Rhett, screw you, man. Bucks, yeah, Pats. we trust Teddy B in this in this family. Yeah, in this family, we lo- we trust Teddy <laughs> B. We're not sure if we love him yet. We might, but we definitely trust him. Bucks. Did you feel Patriots. the same way about him when he was on the Panthers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, yeah. If I'm gonna commit to this, I'm gonna commit 110. percent Yeah, I did. Okay. Bucks, Patriots. Uh, I, I just, you know, man, I just want to see it happen. Go Pats. Artie. Uh, I think Tom Brady, I, I think in the marriage between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, Tom Brady is going to win every time. Okay. The Bucks win. Did you know Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than the entire Patriots organization? Yeah, Tampa Bay wins. Fair enough. Go Zach. Yeah, I would love to see the Pats win, but Bucks all the way. All right. And we are ending it with Monday night. We've got the Vegas Raiders going up against Justin Herbert, Mr. Pretty Boy over there at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Will, Raiders, like what I'm seeing out of Derek Carr, and, and uh, if Josh Jacobs would ever come back, he'd really help out my fantasy team. But anyways, go Raiders. Artie? I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I think I, I think that passing attack is way too good, and I know Rhett and I love Austin Eckler. So. What is Chargers. with you? In, Chargers, in Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. You're wrong. God bless. You've got to get off the Los Angeles hype. Red. I have a new favorite uh, Chargers player after this last week. I still do love Austin Eckler. 
Um, Williams, just an insane wide receiver. Chargers win this. Okay, Zach? Is it just me or does Derek Carr look like he has like mascara on all the time? I'm going with Chargers. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Derek Carr could easily be one of those emo guys that just wears mascara all the time. Hey, dude, it honestly looks like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our rapid fire segment. And there we will end NFL. Thank you all for listening. I'm going to pass it back over to Ziggy. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys, to episode seven. Pretty fun week. Got a great week of football and baseball ahead of us. Next next episode, we'll see who's into October for MLB. So that'll be great. Let's just pray that Braves can stick it out. Hey, y'all heard about them Braves? <laughs>